0: And here we go! Um, it was truly a masterpiece. I don't know about all that. Ugh, absolutely the worst movie ever. Hands down, bar none, the greatest action spectacular. Yep.
1: Well, uh, the other one just took him up. Are you asking me? I promise I'm not gonna sing this time around.
0: Welcome to the Don't Be Crazy Podcast sorry i was thinking of a song there for a second welcome to the don't be crazy podcast i'm justin cavender and with me as always is mr zachary rancourt here we discuss and dissect what makes a film absolutely amazing or just pure rubbish all that we ask of each other is don't be crazy i'm pointing for some reason don't be crazy
1: cobra kai never dies i heard that once I mean, uh, unless someone dies, though, then then it's uh, a death.
0: (laughs) Is that the next step in evolution? Is someone going to die on this show?
1: I don't know. Probably from a flying roundhouse watermelon cake or whatever. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. man. It'll
0: probably just be a prank that goes wrong and no one calls the police. I know. <laughs> the way that show works.
1: <laughs> yeah, people break in a house and have karate fights and no one gets arrested. I'm like, where Where are we living right now? Yeah, what kind of devout. country is this? So, yeah, crazy stuff. Hi, Justin. How are you? I am fabulous, Zach. How are you? I'm good. Uh, not too bad indeed. There's a lot of rain in Washington right now. There are huh. flood warnings throughout the places and it's uh, it's crazy. I get no respect out here. No respect.
0: Pass. I don't, I'm not into the rain. Yeah, yeah. Alex's mom sent a video of her driving through her town in Elma, mm-hmm. or Montesano, one of the two, and and it looked like you needed a like a white river
1: raft type thing <laughs> to you get through it. Kevin Costner and John C. Riley. I mean Kevin Kevin Bacon, Bacon? and John C. Riley. Yeah, <laughs> and Meryl Streep <laughs> and that kid. What kid? Isn't there a kid? Doesn't she have a kid with him? There's a kid. I don't know which kid it is. Is it the kid from Jurassic Park? I don't know. (laughs) Oh. Anyways. Yeah. (laughs) it's it's, it's, The River
0: Wild? Is that what it's
1: called? They closed down a 20-mile stretch of I-5 South uh, past there. So they could film the movie? No, 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 no. Did Um, they flood the highway so that
0: they could ride on it?
1: (laughs) I have seen dry land. (laughs) It's like (laughs) Waterworld 95.
0: It does Um, look like the Jurassic Park kid, by the way.
1: It might be. So on I-5 South, they closed out 20 miles of it just because there was such intense flooding. It's crazy stuff, man. Wow. Yeah. It is. It is him. Joseph Perfect. Mazzello. There we go. That's what I was going to say. He was also in your favorite movie, Bohemian Rhapsody. So. I, hope I haven't seen it. <laughs> I know, but it's already your favorite because you're David, such a lyrical genius. <laughs>
0: right. David Strahan's also in that movie. Too. He I is. Like him.
1: I like him a lot. He's cool. So, yeah. All
0: right. Well, cool, man. Uh, what have you been watching? Besides so, the River Wild.
1: Been on a Harry Potter kick, like always, just because they've become one of my favorite comfort blankets. But I watched the Return to Hogwarts reunion on HBO, and it was really, really good. Enjoyed it. So I'm starting to reread the books. I watched The Crimes of Grindelwald. Uh, Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald. Never saw it, and it was okay. Um, nothing too awful. I, I just feel like JK is just stretching this dollar as much as she possibly can. And so, I mean, I, there's like, what, two, three more movies after this one, which is insane, but whatever. And then I have been watching uh, a lot of It's Always Sunny. I watched season five through eight. uh just kind of put it on the background. And then I watched all of Cobra Kai season four, and it was amazing. I loved it. Favorite season so far. Wow. What about you?
0: That's pretty good. Yeah. Um, I've watched some weird ones. I watched The Ringer, which I love. That movie is ridiculously funny. Uh, White Men Can't Jump, again. I just watched it a couple months ago, but I was in the mood. And then I watched Wimbledon the, the tennis, tennis movie, movie. With, with, with vision.
1: <laughs> yeah. With vi- vision to Mary Jane I, Watson.
0: <laughs> so I love Paul Bettany. I see like every movie that that guy does. <laughs> I just really like him. I don't know why. I even went and saw the movie The priest in theaters, because I had no interest in the movie, but I was like, fuck, while Bettany's in it, I gotta go watch
1: it. Is that the one... Have you seen Legion? The I one where, seen Legion. Where I saw he... that in the
0: theater as well. Oh, okay,
1: yeah. He's like a badass who fights demons angel. and stuff. Oh Yeah, there, yeah. You, there you go. Yeah. yeah, those are two different movies. Oh okay. yes. I'm thinking of... <laughs> I'm thinking of two. Yeah.
0: Dennis Quaid Wants Coffee is in Legion.
1: Oh, he runs right. a diner. That's right. The... um. Paul Bettany's also married to like the, one of the most beautiful people on the planet, Jennifer Connelly. Mm-hmm. Oof. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. My goodness.
0: Oh, and I've also been watching The Book of the Bubba Fits. Oh,
1: how is it? No Good. spoilers. I enjoy it. Mm. Well.
0: I really like it. And um, now that I'm watching, I have this new game that I play. where So I, I have things in subtitles now because I just can't hear when Little Henry's crying and stuff. And I have this game that I play when music comes on. Is I try to guess if it's going to be ominous music or, um, you know, jovial music or <laughs> sinister music, whatever the case may be. I always just try and pick some sort of adjective of what the next kind of music is going to be. Because I always like yeah. it when
1: it tells me in the closed captions. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a fun game and I, I dig it. Yeah, you should I try th- it. I, maybe I will. Maybe <laughs> I just I lost I a will. buck. To myself.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm almost always wrong on what kind of music it's going to be, but it's fun to guess.
1: (laughs) Yeah, totally. Uh,
0: Anyway, we are going to be doing The Cable Guy this week from 1996, directed by Ben Stiller, who you might know from Zoolander there and Tropic Thunder and Reality Bites. I feel like there was another one in there that he did. I don't remember, though. Like in the 90s. For his movies? I mean, I just
1: Yeah. Oh, there might have been one. I I put the majority of them on there, though. The good ones, at
0: least. There was one called Floating with Disaster. I don't know if he directed it, but I don't remember liking it. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, that's neither here nor there. It was written by Lou Holtz Jr. Not Barty Krauts Jr., but (laughs) Lou Holtz. Uh, The cast includes one Jim Carrey, who was getting like 20 million a movie or something at this point in his career. Yeah. Big bucks. Matthew Broderick, Leslie Mann, the always adorable Leslie Mann, Jack Black, George Segal, and Diane Baker. Critical reception, are you are you ready for this? I'm intrigued by it. This is one of them films that's kind of split down the middle there with the (laughs) 50-50. It's one of those you either love it or you hate it type of motion picture shows. And it's sitting at a whopping 54% on the old tomato meter there from the critics. And uh, audience is right there with them. It's at 51% with the audience score. That's with over 250,000 ratings. Damn.
1: Yeah, that's really split.
0: (laughs) So I respect that. I like it when a movie is is a love it or hate it sort of thing. Because otherwise, it's just, eh, hey, it was okay. I would hate to have that kind of feedback if I wrote a movie or made a movie. I'd be like, oh, man, I loved it, or, oh, I hated it. it sucked. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, shit. <laughs>
1: Worst so, day of my life? What do you think?
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. There's just something to be said. I would rather someone absolutely hate it than them say, eh, it's okay. You know, it's forgettable. Because <laughs> exactly. at least they'll remember their experience that they had with it. You know, something to think about. Um, let's see here. You have uh, Joe Morganstern from the Wall Street Journal. He says, the cable guy is so repellent as to be almost literally unwatchable. This comedy isn't dark, isn't extinguished. It isn't entertainment. It's pathology. Wow. Yeah, I didn't like it. Michael Dwyer from the Irish Times uh, kind of feels the same way. While it makes a convincing case that too much television is ultimately brain rotting, it does so with an unjustifiable smugness.
1: Wow. There's a smudgeness. <laughs> There's a smudgeness. Yeah. Uh,
0: let's see here. Uh, Dave Kerr from the New York Daily News. He says, the cable guy is a gutsy move on Kerry's part, suggesting a willingness to grow just where commercial good sense would say to stand pat. I don't know what that means. Uh, Let's see here. Uh, Jay Boyer from the Orlando Sentinel says, whether Carrie's fans will like it or not, the film is easily his best crafted piece of work to date. Wow. That's a pretty high praise. Yeah. I mean, I think prior to that, aside from working in television, you had uh, Ace Ventura and then Ace Ventura 2, The Mask probably, and Dumb and Dumber. Mm-hmm. All which you could argue are sort of the same type of performance, I suppose you could say. And so this is definitely a standout. While it does have Jim Carrey moments, Um, you know, it's definitely a different a different Jim Carrey.
1: This is Jim Carrey's twins.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The other one was shot by an Asian gang or something.
1: And <laughs> They were speaking Asian. <laughs> So funny. <laughs> uh, anyway,
0: the budget was forty-seven million dollars. A lot of that went to Carey himself. Obviously.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> gross sixty million here in the United States. Opening weekend, which was June sixteenth, nineteen ninety-six, it made nineteen point eight million dollars worldwide. You're looking at a hundred and two million buckaroos. So, wow, doubled its money and then some. I'm surprised I didn't do the Cable Guy
1: too. Service is cut off. Yeah. (laughs) Service interrupted. Yeah, exactly. Uh, So the scene at Medieval Times where the cable guy asks for Stephen's chicken skin and then performs his The Silence of the Lambs impression was all improvised. During one take, Jim Carrey asked for the chicken skin out of nowhere. After doing the Silence of the Lambs bit, uh, director Ben Stiller loved it and wanted to keep it in the film, even though it wasn't on the script. If you look at Matthew Broderick's face during this scene, you can tell he is cracking up. His reaction is a genuine laugh. That is pretty funny. Greasy chicken skin. The Cable guy losing his lisp, rejoicing at it, then getting it back was at first a slip up on Jim Carrey's part. He forgot to lisp. Then he quickly ad libbed him rejoicing at it, then getting it back. (laughs) You son of a bitch. (laughs) Um, The part of the cable guy was originally written for Chris Farley, but scheduling conflicts forced him to decline the role. That would have been a vastly different movie. Yeah. Um, could have been doing I, cartwheels
0: and falling on coffee
1: tables <laughs> tell me what I say Give <laughs> <laughs> the haze and Hose. <laughs> Hey. Oh. Jim Carrey was paid 20 million dollars for his work in this film a new record that's a lot of money especially in 96 for one actor but it is I mean he has the star power at that time he still has the star power to pull in for a film like this Matthew Broderick was a big actor but this is still one of those films that like people are going to see it because of Jim Carrey and you go into oh, the yeah. expectation of like, this is going to be, you know, ha ha funny, like, like what kind of funny, like a clown, like that kind of funny. So sure. Um, some of the cable guys predictions about the future came true, like having the Internet, phone and television through cable, as, the well, as, the to- <laughs> as well as the ability to play video games online, or you can play Mortal Kombat with your friends in Vietnam. <laughs> so that's uh, I thought that was really interesting. And I mean, that was just the natural progression of things anyways, but pretty interesting at the end. Sure. So here's a synopsis for anyone who has not seen The Cable Guy. Architect Stephen Kovacs moves into an apartment after a failed marriage proposal to his girlfriend Robin Harris. Taking advice from his friend Rick, Stephen bribes cable installer Ernie Chip Douglas into giving him free movie channels. Chip gets Stephen to hang out with him the next day and makes him one of his preferred customers. <laughs> Chip takes Chip takes Stephen to the city's central satellite dish where he confides to Stephen about being raised by television due, the, due to the frequent absences of his single mother. Chip soon proves to be intrusive as, as he crashes a basketball game between Stephen and his friends and leaves multiple messages on Stephen's answering machine. Following a night battle between Chip and Stephen at Medieval Times, Stephen finds that Chip has secretly installed an expensive home theater system in his living room as a gift in return for Stephen's friendship. Although Stephen declines the gift, he agrees to host a party attended by Chip's other preferred customers before having the system returned. In the fervor of the party, Stephen sleeps with a young guest whom Chip reveals the next morning to have been a prostitute that he had hired specifically for (laughs) Stephen. I'll buy this time. You buy next. Upon this revelation, Stephen angrily ejects Chip from his apartment. To make amends. There you go. To make amends, chip, chip tracks down Robin, who is dating another man. A disguised Chip severely beats the man in a restaurant bathroom and tells him to stay away from Robin. This synopsis doesn't sound funny. This all sounds really dark. He later upgrades Robin's cable, ostensibly as a gift from Stephen. Robin decides to get back together with Stephen as a result. However, when Chip informs Stephen of his role in reuniting him with Robin, Stephen politely ends his relationship with Chip. Devastated, Chip sets out on a series of vengeful acts. He gets Stephen arrested for possession of stolen property and mocks him through a prison visitation window. <laughs> After being released on bail, Stephen is further embarrassed when Chip attends dinner with his family and Robin. Following a sexualized version of the, version of the game Password, Stephen openly berates Chip and punches him. The next day, Stephen is fired from his job when Tr- Chip transmits a privately recorded conversation in which Steven insults his boss onto the company's computers. Rick investigates Chip at Steven's request and finds that Chip was fired from the cable company for stalking customers and uses the name of various television characters as aliases such as Chip and Ernie Douglas from My Three Sons and Larry Tate from Bewitched. Chip calls Steven that night, telling him he is paying Robin a visit. After visiting Robin, Robin's empty apartment, Steven tracks them down to the satellite dish where Chip holds Robin hostage in a rainstorm. After a physical altercation and a chase, Steven is able to save Robin and battles Chip. As the police arrive, Chip apologizes to Steven for being a bad friend. Chip, proclaiming that he must kill the babysitter to prevent others from becoming like him, dives backward from the top. Uh, of a ladder above the satellite dish falling onto it and knocking out the television signal to the entire city chip survives the fall with an injured back and bids Stephen farewell before being hauled away in a rescue helicopter when one of the paramedics addresses him as buddy chip's ask, chip asks the paramedic if he truly is his buddy to which the paramedic replies yeah sure you are causing chip to smile deviously implying a repeat of chips stalking cycle that is the cable guy circa 1996 it was 96.
0: Interesting. That, that reminds me. I yeah. was a year off when I said circa 1955 last week. for Oh, my yeah. Uncle's birthday. For your yeah. Uncle?
1: yeah. Yeah. It was 56. Oh, wow. Well, you were close. I was close. <laughs> so that's good. Yeah. Well, Justin, when did you first see the cable guy? And what did you think?
0: I saw it opening weekend, actually. I saw it in the town of Yucca Valley. <laughs> well, I don't and, know where that is. Uh, <laughs> it was a matinee. And I was one of the only human beings in the entire theater laughing. <laughs>
1: really? Yeah. So that was not a fifty-fifty split. <laughs> no, that was a one percent split. <laughs> there,
0: there was. I mean, it was a matinee, which already already has fewer people in it. You know, in a small town. So I would say that there was somewhere between twenty and thirty people in the in the theater, and uh, I only remember myself laughing, maybe a couple others, but um, I was kind of lone wolf in it there. My sisters were laughing, but they were sitting a little bit further behind me, I suppose. So I don't think they thought it was as funny as I did. But uh, I definitely think that they enjoyed it more nice. so than the
1: rest of the crowd. <clears throat> yeah, this movie, we talked about this previously. The 90s are such a weird time for films. You had some really great ones in the in the later half of the 90s. But you had this MTV uh, influence. And I think this movie was very much influenced by MTV. It, it felt like a, a Ben Stiller joint, you know. But I... My story on this, on this movie is it's crazy. It's actually one of the first VHS films I've ever owned in my life that I like I personally got. And so in 96, I was nine years old. I had never seen this movie. Let's just say I was 10 and then it came out and I got it in 97, but I had never seen this film, but uh, I used to drink a lot of Mountain Dew and Pepsi and you'd collect the caps of the 20 ounce caps and they'd have codes. So you'd save them up and then you could go on to the internet, you know, two years into the internet and, uh, purchase items with your points and I had enough to buy this film. So I bought it on VHS, a 10 year old Zach, no idea, no idea what it was about, but I got it and I was so happy somewhere. I got rid of my VHS tapes a long time ago, but it was in my collection. And um yeah, it always held it held a special place in my heart. I, uh, I drink a lot of Pepsi for that shit. <laughs> Can't believe how many I drank. I had them in a giant freezer gallon uh, Ziploc bag. <laughs> so whew, yeah, not a lot, a lot of caps. I'm glad my teeth aren't rotted. That's I guess those are probably kid teeth back in. So <laughs> my goodness. <laughs> yeah, but I've definitely seen this movie probably like seven times total. Um, And it's gotten better, I think, with time. But I mean, when I first saw it, I had no fucking clue what I was watching. I was just like, oh, the Jim Jim Carrey. I love the mask. I love Ace Ventura, all that kind of stuff. Is he going to talk with his butt in this one? So we'll see. <laughs>
0: right. And I, it's interesting that you say that because I feel like a lot
1: of people were expecting something like that and they didn't get that. Yeah, which is. It's understandable, but, you know, it's it's a different direction that he wanted to go with. So we'll dive into that. So, Chip, his home life, it didn't appear to be the most ideal. And he alludes to that. He says he explains it to Stephen. His mother was always away and his father was out of the picture. The truest family he did have, though, were the ones on his favorite TV shows. So your childhood, Justin, seemed pretty good for the most part, right? But did this Did this thing that Chip said about his uh, favorite TV shows being his family, did that resonate with you at all? Did you ever have a TV family that you wanted to be in?
0: Yeah, so I really wanted to be a Huxtable (laughs) when I was a kid. I mean, I love my parents and my sisters and all that, but watching the Cosby show, I thought it was always so funny, and I really wanted to be a part of the the wacky mayhem that ensues. But, um, you know, in the 80s, there were so many... Just reruns on TV to where I watched a lot of sitcoms from, you know, the I Love Lucy in the 50s to, you know, like Dick Van Dyke in the 60s or Mary Tyler Moore in the 70s. And just, you know, you name it, I watched it, even the bad stuff, you know, it was just a part of my it was like a staple in my house to where I was just always watching um, reruns of sitcoms and. I really enjoy it, especially the songs. My goodness, all the theme songs. I know so many TV show theme songs and the art of the theme song has long since gone.
1: And that makes me sad. But <laughs> yeah, um, it's well, just one of them they're things. coming back a little bit, too. Like Marvel's been having some pretty awesome. Are you talking about ones with lyrics? Are you ta- yeah, talking? Yeah, yeah, about, yeah. Oh. yeah.
0: One's, one's like jingles.
1: Oh, OK. Yeah, no, you know, um, they're a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. So, and I'm sad that they don't exist anymore.
1: That's true. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, everybody knows your name. I know yeah. I miss those. <clears throat> I I think for me because I grew up, you know, obviously I'm, I'm younger than you are, but the probably Full House was one of the ones the the, the Tanner family. I think that sure. hit me pretty good. I would also say not really a family per se, but like Zach Morris's family, like just him and his mom. Because my name is Zach, I always thought that I could be Zach Morris. So I thought that that would be fun. Did you do like timeout and like? Just start talking to yourself. <laughs> yeah. Got my giant cell phone out, and I was like, let me order a pizza from Ugh. the Max. They don't make pizza. But uh, yeah, <laughs> I I, I, by the bell. That that's true. And I, I used to watch TGIF a lot, so I loved the Winslows, and I loved the the step-by-step family. I can't remember who they were, but yeah, it was JT, the cheese. Oh, yeah. yeah <laughs> so the
0: cheese state. Yeah.
1: yeah. so no, was a like
0: step-by-step, day-by-day yeah,
1: yeah, something, 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 <laughs> like a, a fresh start over uh, every day. Yeah, there like you go. But I, I, I don't know, like. It it was it was pretty sad to watch and, and to see, you know, this happen because she I'm sure there are a lot of parents who, who, who have done that, and I'm not going to sit and judge people to just plot their kid down in front of a TV. It just sucks that you know, you felt for this kid because his mom is like, that's why I'm going to bingo. I'm trying to find you a, a dad can so make a brother. <laughs> yeah. But this kid, all he knew was television. And this is, I mean, this is when you had the clicker, right? You had to go on the TV and turn, turn the dial. So he was watching, he was watching everything, but there's, there's good and bad to be said of that for sure. In terms of what can happen with uh, being raised by television. But yeah, I don't
0: know. I mean, on the plus side, all those shows had some sort of family, you know, come-together moment, you know, and there would be a life lesson in there somewhere and then cue the music and start learning something. Uh, But, you know, like, you know, a lot of sitcoms are based around, like, misunderstandings, right? And then someone going out of their way because of something that they didn't understand when they were wrong the entire time. And then there's a sit-down conversation between a parent and a child as to why they really do love them and blah, blah, blah. And, oh, you're still grounded. (laughs) Then catchphrase and blah, blah, blah. Catchphrase. (laughs) And so uh there was a lot of that yeah. um and then every once in a while there'd be like a you know a really serious tone episode that would happen and uh, it was always heartbreaking but um i mean i, I really liked a lot of stuff but you know one of my buddies uh growing up his his parents were divorced and his mom was gone a lot and we hung out every every weekend uh sometimes even during the week he'd spend that at my house cuz he didn't have anybody at his and so uh we watched a lot of tv together and so he wasn't alone sometimes i would just stay at his house which seems kind of weird. Just a couple of 13 year olds crashing at the at a house all by themselves. But we're responsible. No big deal. <laughs> and uh,
1: yeah. Wacky mayhem ensues. Yes. That's what, that's what your show would have been called. Yes. And it would have had a fun intro. I don't know. I can't think of a song, WME. There you go. So Chip is hes I mean, he's he's kind of an odd duck. There's no doubt about that. You and I have interacted with some uh, some tough cookies before, just in our loss prevention jobs that we've done before. But can you recall a time where you met someone who just seemed either overly friendly or completely off the rocker? Have you ever had a weird interaction with like a delivery driver or someone like Chip?
0: Uh, yeah, kind of. Um, yeah. So working in retail, you meet all sorts of interesting people and... I do think that there was, a Target specifically, the, the vendors that would come in, the third-party vendors uh, that would either deal with um, electronic displays or toy displays or food displays, uh, those folks tended to be an interesting bunch. Um, I, <laughs> I do think that uh, they fit this certain personality type to be able to do that job. And uh, I would always have just remarkable conversations with these human beings. (laughs) And uh, it always just put a smile on my face, you know, like they're they're uh, the folks that were in this neck of the woods. uh, This is when I was in Washington. uh, You know, they were they were foil hat wearing types of folk that uh, like their conspiracy theories and to share them with anyone that would listen. So it always made for interesting conversation. Did they ever
1: ask you to hang out outside of work or make you feel uncomfortable at all?
0: no um i never i never did that but i i mean i'm a pretty friendly guy and i can talk to just about anybody uh i never got like a weird enough vibe to where i wouldn't hang out with them but if they were like hey you want to grab a beer i I probably would have done it <laughs> Like, all right sure yeah. why not let's see where this goes
1: i've um, had i mean I, I told this story before about i had a weird interaction when i was taking groceries out to this giant person he's like six foot six in a mechanics outfit and i Oh, I yeah, was, the, I was, the not kidnapping. Story. Yeah, I was at <laughs> yeah. 16. He's like, hold on just one second. And I'm like, nope, I'm going to die. So I've, I've had <laughs> yeah. times like that. And I've just followed my intuition throughout my entire life. And it's worked pretty well for me for the most part. So I know that I can piece out of a situation pretty easily and pretty quickly. But it's when I'm talking with people and they have a certain canter about them, you know, it's like, huh? Hmm. I don't know. This person just seems a little different, a right. little weird. And it's not a bad thing necessarily, but if I don't feel safe or if I feel like, eh, why are they reaching for their pocket a bunch? I'm like, I'm going to take two steps back real quick <laughs> and see what happens. So uh, I, I think at, at, in retail, I've had the same thing with you. The, the vendors just seem to be so odd for some reason. And I don't know, you know, correlation is not causation, but I have had a lot of internals on vendors or vendors were stealing and it was just, I just got a weird vibe from them where mm-hmm. they were so odd. <laughs> I don't know what that job does to attract. Same thing with people who work for the inventory companies that we had. You know, the people yes. out Those people were, when they come over and they're like slamming a rock star at like two in the morning and they're just talking to you all weird. And like, you see that thing on TV, the monster trucks? And I'm like, what? And uh <laughs> yeah. real odd about stuff. I'm like, just move, please. <laughs> go I back remember, to
0: accounting. <laughs> dude, I remember one time we were doing inventory and it hadn't started yet. And this guy comes into my store. And I was like, oh, man, that motherfucker's going to steal any <laughs> second. And then I was like, oh, no, he's the inventory guy. But he's still going to steal any <laughs> second. <laughs> yeah, I, I just got like a weird like carnival vibe from that guy. I was like, oh, man, <laughs> this guy's stressing me out. But, um, you know, I do think it's I'm I'm totally cool with, uh, you know, talking with strangers. I could walk into a restaurant and if the table's full, I have no problem asking if I can share a table with somebody Um, I come off as a relatively normal person, and I've met some interesting people that way. Uh, Here in California, especially in Southern California, I don't think that that's particularly uncommon. You know, if a place is crowded and someone just wants a place to sit, it's not the end of the world. You share a table with somebody. Um, And sometimes some fun conversations come out of that. And I do think even in this world that we're living in now, where so many people have you know, online friends, right? In quotes, right? (laughs) Yeah. Twitter friends, Rob, who was on our show last week. Uh, Yeah. Never met the guy in person, but play video games. I feel like I've known him my whole life. (laughs) Yeah. Talk on podcasts together, play video games together. Um, And that's just, that's so much fun. My buddy, Josh, same thing. And my buddy, Kyle, we, we met playing world of Warcraft and now we, you know, one takes care of my dog when I'm out of town. The other was at my wedding for crying out loud. (laughs) We've crashed at each other's houses. So it's just, it's interesting how the way we meet people has changed, even online dating for that matter. You know, it's like, it's interesting to think that there was a time where people would leave some sort of voicemail on a messaging service <laughs> and, you know, you, you get intrigued by someone's voice for 30 seconds or a minute and then decide if you want to go out on a date with them. Of course, that evolved into, you know, chat rooms and conversations. But still, there's this, there's this online presence where you're just, you got a picture and then you start texting and then you go from there. Yeah. And so a first date can be, you know, a month's worth of texting before you even see somebody.
1: Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> that is not how I operate. Sure. I'm like but a month's a long do. time. Absolutely. But people do. Yeah. You know, and,
0: and some people might find your way of dating to be uh, a little bit too fast. where you Absolutely. Just, you know, you know, you're though like, you, it's like, hi, you want to go get coffee? Uh, no, psycho, I'm not, leave I'm me not alone. That, I'm
1: not that fast, right? <laughs> but yes, but, but after a few exchanges, the whole, you know, ASL, age, age, sex, location, <laughs> right. After all that shit and, uh, back and forth for a little bit, I'm like, hey, do you just you want to continue this over a beer or coffee? And if the person's like, yeah, sure, that'd be great. I'm like, sweet, perfect. Let's, let's do that. Cause I get a better vibe. And this comes back to the in- intuition thing. I get a better vibe when I meet someone in person and I'll go sit at a table, like you're saying, with other people. Like, I've had plenty of dates at, you know, a beer hall or a brewery or something. And it's like, Hey, do you mind if we sit here with you guys? Or, oh yeah, you're totally fine. Right. Cause it's one of the only tables available and that's great. Cause then you can spark up times. And then when you start talking to people, they're like, Oh, like, so how long have you guys been together? Like, Oh, it's actually our first date or something that like creates a, a fun story. If something progresses, I've had girlfriends that that's happened before that we've been like, Oh yeah, I remember that time that, you know, we all shared nachos with them for the rest of the night. And it was just, Stupid shit like that, but Mm -hmm. having that intuition and, and I, you're, you're right. I mean, that's what I was going to kind of ask is how, how should we handle people like a Chip Douglas? And I think with kindness. Oh, um, sure. We don't, yeah, we don't know their story, even though they seem a little odd. You still have your wits about you, but, you know, don't go like, into dark basements with them if that's what they ask you, but <laughs> right. or don't load uh, groceries into their vehicle for them. But you can definitely just be kind. It's it's very cheap to be kind. It's free. Yeah, <laughs> so, nothing
0: Exactly. Yeah. But, so, I mean, I, I'm totally cool with it. I, I'll be kind. I'll, I'll hang out or whatever. It's, it's fine. I'm, I'm not worried about it, but um, I do think, you know, we all exude some sort of energy. We have an aura about us. And if you can get, if you can pick up on the vibes, positive or negative uh you know you can go from there
1: my aura is get green that over a phone
0: here's the screen mine i got the glow i'm gold oh like stay stay gold pony boy <laughs> yeah and pony boy i'm a pony... cross between
1: bruce leroy and pony boy curtis <laughs> <laughs> rick james string or is a string bean rick james looking <laughs> yeah that's it Oh man, that's a good one. They Rick referenced James that in Street Cobra King. Guy. He's like, I saw the last dragon. Like, <laughs> yeah, <"Quient." laughs> yeah. Uh so this movie is actually kind of terrifying if you think about it. Just reading the synopsis, I'm like, oof, if you didn't know this is a comedy, this is pretty, pretty dark. So I would dare say that it's about five lines of dialogue away from becoming a horror film, actually. Chip, he stalks Steven, he beats the shit out of Owen Wilson, and he kidnaps Robin in the climax. Why did Ben Stiller take this direction on this film like a dark comedy? Why not make it a horror film instead?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it definitely toes the line between like a dark comedy and like a psychological thriller. Uh, I wouldn't argue with somebody if they told me it was a psychological thriller because uh, Chip Douglas really gets inside Stephen's head. And to the point where he's having nightmares. Nightmares. No one believes him. He's coming (laughs) off as a crazy person. That's my fair line. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, uh, and and i totally get that man like like you know we talked about that before where one of my biggest fears is that no one believing me and if i'm trying to say that there's this crazy person that just won't leave me alone and then all of a sudden i get arrested for having the stolen equipment oh it's hey it's this guy this person doesn't even exist blah 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 um that's that's my nightmare so i mean i could very much relate this to uh, a psychological thriller for that matter um, I think it does have some pretty intense moments. I do think that Chip Douglas is a little terrifying, um, and 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 it's unsettling. You know, we, yeah. we've talked about how how unsettling things can be, and it has an impact on you, it makes your skin crawl. Uh, just last week with RoboCop, you know, it wasn't wasn't Murphy getting shot a thousand times that bothered Rob. It was it was the the amount of joy that the villains were having <laughs> shooting him I'm out of ammo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I, I get it. You know, uh, the the dinner table scene in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh God. That, that makes my skin crawl. Man. I know that might as well be Chip Douglas strapping <laughs> Steven down to watch TV together, you know? Cause he's just like, I want to be your friend and let me just hang out, you know? And so I do think that there are a lot of parallels to a horror movie. And, mm-hmm. and I think with Jim Carrey's name on, it, at least in 1996, he, you know, he hadn't done, this was his first movie really kind of stepping out of that, that comfort zone. Uh, I do think that making it a comedy is why it made
1: a hundred million dollars. Right, I think I think you're right. He he had to pick his audience in that because Jim Carrey had clout, but he didn't have the clout he has now. To where he made uh, what was that movie? The number twenty seven or something like that that he yeah, was in twenty three. I think twenty three. Yeah, where. That was definitely more of a psychological thriller slash horror film, and you got to go in a darker route with what was going on. Mm-hmm. I mean, he'd have a quip here and there, you know, mm, funny quip, <laughs> so, right? He'd um, uh, comment, <laughs> comment, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 20 million
0: dollars, I think, was to make comedies, right? It's 20 right. million a movie, but people saw Ace Ventura, they saw The Mask, they saw Ace Ventura mm-hmm. 2, they saw Dumb and Dumber. They want to see more.
1: And then you give them fucking Chip Douglas. and like, yeah.
0: the fuck is
1: this? I know. This is so I, understandably, guy. I could be very upset. I mean, like you and I have talked about it before, but it comes at night. I was like, this is going to be an awesome horror film. And I went and I was like, the fuck did I just watch? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Man, they, they pulled terrible. a fast one on us. They pulled a fast one on us. We were swindled. Uh, Duped. So Yeah. Grifter. <laughs> Jackie Daytona, American bartender. But um, anyways, yeah, the it, it, there were there was a lot of issues with, with that. And I agree with you, though, that this easily could be a horror film. And it does make you uncomfortable. The scene when he's in his parents' house and he's like, Are, is everyone crazy? Like, see what he's doing? And, and, you know, they're all, you're being an asshole. And that to That's me, I, I was like, listen to the man. He's telling the <laughs> truth. <laughs> so, he's it's, a badass yeah. yeah, You know, a little thing that kind of takes <laughs> She's like, center, center. Erection? No, but thank you for noticing. Oh my God. Yeah, that was a funny scene. But I mean, see, and I think it's, it's interesting too- because you talk about how when you get scared you laugh. That that's an, a response that a lot of people have where we're uncomfortable. Uh, you'll see a video, a viral video of something happening, like that girl in the young girl in the classroom who is saying the n word to her her teacher, a substitute teacher, and the kids are filming it and they're laughing. But it's you could tell it's because they're uncomfortable with what's going on. And like that little girl was being a little bitch, but that's why the kids were laughing because they didn't know how to handle it. And I think I think it's it's something to be said about putting putting comedy into this, because maybe we're laughing because we're uncomfortable. and it's like, Jesus, this guy, like me, I don't like when people touch touch my shit. So if I took a, if I took a shower, I, first of all, I wouldn't take a shower while a strangers in my house. but would when, <laughs> when he rearranges things, I'd be like, get that fucking shit put back to where it belonged. I didn't tell you to do anything. like that would have pissed me off. I cannot stand that when people do that 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 they don't ask me for. It. I'm like, leave it alone. It's not yours. So that would have been. Yeah, that's that's where I get kind of uneasy.
0: Sure, sure. I That whole opening is like
1: gold to me. It's solid gold.
0: When he's like, well, maybe I shouldn't have come at all. <laughs> Jerk off! <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I think that's so funny. I was like, whoa, just take two steps back, guy. Let's start over. Oh man, when he's like, I'm just jerking your chain. And then when he's like rubbing his hand along the wall, yeah. like, tell me where you like it.
1: <laughs> that's, your, that's your sweet spot right there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then he like kind of pulls close his, his bathroom. Oh my God. I love that so much. It's
1: like, I wouldn't like to discuss it with my cable guy. That's. funny.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's funny. And then when he's like, you will put your bathing suit on, you'll be channel surfing and no time. No
1: time.
0: <laughs> that, so that whole opening scene, I think really sets the mood that you are in for a treat. Like this movie is going to be different. And, uh, I really honestly think that you get a lot of what this movie's going to be in their very first interaction. Right. And I and I love it.
1: I think the tonal shift for me happens when Steven gets home and he has all those missed calls, the voicemails from Chip. Oh, and yeah. it's like, hey, I hopped in the shower, I thought I heard the phone ring. <laughs> we we'll, only <laughs> we'll talk about it. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah. So when that that's another one of my favorite parts when so he's like, "Yeah, I got to go shower and do some stuff anyway." <laughs> yeah. And uh and then when he comes home and the, and he's just hoping to have a message from Robin and it's nothing but but Chip and yeah. he's just like, "Wow, this guy, he's a he's a needy sort."
1: Yeah, that's when that's when my uh spidey senses would have been tingling I'd be like, "I yeah. need to call somebody." That's a uh,
0: red flag city right there. Exactly.
1: So we discussed the critics reviews at the start of the show, like always, and they are pretty split. Uh, I know this movie didn't perform the best. I mean, it did dollar wise, I guess, but from just the general social consensus, it didn't really do the best per se. But why is it so divisive? Why Why do you think it's so divisive? Is it because of the things that we were just talking about, how people go into it and they're expecting a comedy or should they probably like? or hamper those a little bit and just enjoy it for what it is.
0: Right. So I think I do think that the old, like there are two types of people in this world, those that like Jim Carrey and those that don't. And Hmm. I think that applies for this movie. But then I think that's almost uh, tenfold because even if you like Jim Carrey, you might actually hate this movie. And so the people that were expecting the Ace Ventura uh, and Dumb and Dumber Jim Carrey didn't, didn't get that. And so they were uneasy about it. And it's like it's like when um, there's some video games out there that's like your favorite franchise ever, and then they do something different in a sequel, and you're like, well, what the fuck is that? <laughs> this game sucks. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that happens every once in a while. You're like, I don't know about all that. This game's terrible. And it was because there was a good thing, and then they changed it. And not everybody is receptive to change. And so I do think that, that the people that automatically hate Jim Carrey. are just going to hate it. They're going to write this review for it and say it sucks just because they hate Jim Carrey all right off the bat. And then there's going to be those people that were expecting one thing and got something else. So then there's two negatives right there getting hit with both barrels. So I do think that that knocked it down a peg or two. I, I could be incorrect, but I do. I honestly believe in my heart of hearts that that had something to do with it, that people went in expecting one thing and they got something else. And, and I know that, um, you know, I, I know humans that actually do not like a lot of Jim Carrey movies, uh, but there might be a few standouts. And the, and those are the ones where he does something different, like Cable Guy or Man on the Moon or um, Eternal Sunshine of Spotless Mind, stuff like that, or even like fucking Kick-Ass 2. You know, that's a totally different kind of character that he's playing. And um, it's everyone's different. And at the time, the height of Jim Carrey, I mean, honestly, the man was on top of the world. Yeah, you know, he was super mega A-lister. He could go walk up to any club, they'd remove the the red velvet rope and he could get in because yeah. he was ace ventura. He was he was uh you know a global phenomenon at some point, right? And so to have that all all in a couple of years, right? From like ninety-three to ninety six, the man is on top of the world. Cable guy comes out and everyone's like, I'm well, moving fucking sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and so I don't know. It was just a a really weird shift that I don't think people were ready for. And and then and Ben Stiller is you know he's a very funny man, and you know that when he was making this movie, he's like, "God damn, this movie's fucking awesome," and I love yeah. it. And then he opens up the paper, <laughs> you know, Friday morning, <laughs> and starts
1: reading his reviews. He's probably like, "What the
0: fuck? This movie's <laughs> awesome. These people are crazy."
1: Yeah, well, and I think like you kind of you you said it. It's it's divisive because it's popular. So uh, you know, see Star Wars or The Matrix, for example. I mean. Our buddy Rob despised Resurrections, but I listened to a fantastic podcast today that broke down the reasons why I liked it. I don't think it was reinventing the wheel, but I mean, look at the 99 Matrix. I mean, that movie was incredible. It's one mm-hmm. of the best films of all time that just expanded our minds for all these things that will never be repeated. Like that film can never be repeated again. So I know people want to go back, like let's go back to the original Matrix with bullet time and all this kind of stuff. But that's what the res- that's what Resurrections does is they're like, dude, we can't do that. So I, I think the reason we have such divisive audiences, just like with Star Wars, is we want those member berries and we want these things. And when somebody does something different, like in Last Jedi, we poo poo them. And like, I'll be the first one to say that I hated Last Jedi, but it's definitely grown on me and for mm-hmm. some reason I've just really changed the changed my tune and maybe movies like this the reason why obviously critics are like it sucks it stinks as soon as they see it is because they don't they're expecting one Jim Carrey and they get it completely different they get Mr. Popper's penguins right so yeah and it's an unsettling movie so much of this movie it is really cringy is. And it's, it's like, like not a happy ending you're like Jesus Christ he almost killed himself <laughs> first of all yeah. he almost yeah. killed Robin it's like with a staple gun <laughs> which is really stupid <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get that but so, you know, no. and, uh, no. and, like, and it's he, so absurd. Yeah. It's and he didn't so learn his absurd. lesson.
0: <laughs> no, he's just the same, same dude. And like, clearly, he has mental health issues. And you know, that's it's just one of those things where there's people could find this to be a joyless movie. Mm-hmm. And and I can see that. I'm laughing my ass off. I think this movie <laughs> is so freaking funny. I think it's brilliant. But um, I. Might be wrong. I don't know. <laughs> I, it, it really blows me away that more people don't like this movie, and I feel kind of like an asshole for liking it, but I, I can't help it. I think it is hilarious, and that's coming from someone that enjoy. I saw Dumb and Dumber in the theater, in the theater five times. Five times, Zach. I saw that movie. it's <laughs> crazy. Fucking loved it. I thought it was so funny. It is, funny. and I couldn't get enough of it. And and this is a very different Jim Carrey and and I loved it I was I was on board I loved how crazy he was I swear when he says well, maybe I should have come no. <laughs> Sure, sure <not>. God. <laughs> I swear to God, I think that's so funny. And then, like you said, the messages. so, I'm just like in my chair. And I'm getting like lower and lower too. You know how like when you sit in the movie theater, you're all upright? <laughs> yeah. And then I'm just like laughing and slinking as the movie uh, progresses. Because I start to feel like kind of weird. Like I'm the one in the theater that's laughing and no one else is. So I'm just going to duck in my seat a little bit and just enjoy the ride. And And I did. And I'm here
1: for it. Love the movie. Uh, there you go. So I, I watched it for about the seventh time in my life, this this viewing, like I said earlier, and I noticed uh, that something, or I noticed that, I'm sorry, I noticed something that didn't seem so subtle to me. I think Ben Stiller was striving for a bigger message that can be derived from this film, and you can agree or disagree, but do you think there's a commentary here on how too much media can ruin people and why?
0: Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, a TV will rot your brain, right? Like that's yeah. that's what they say, <laughs> and and I think that that's fair. And and during this time in the '90s, there were two pretty big, high profile court cases. You know, there was like the Menendez brothers, which uh, this movie has a fun play at, where one brother kills the other. But there was the Menendez trial, and then there was like the OJ trial, right? Yeah. And I remember for the OJ trial, I the, when the verdict was announced. I was in high school and I was at the library watching it on a TV. I wasn't learning Ooh. in school. I was in the library with, with a hundred other students and we were all watching the verdict. It's a little weird, right?
1: Yeah. that's and, definitely weird.
0: And so I do think that there's something to be said about that. And, and, and you could argue that today it's our phones, right? It's not even TV so much anymore. Like we have, we have these big ass TVs in our living room. And we're glued to a little five inch screen <laughs> for so much of our day. It's embarrassing to look at the the time watched, you know, your activity report, like on Sunday morning when you wake up and you I see this thing that, 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 that tells you how terrible you are. <laughs> <I'm> like, uh, <laughs> yeah. Just go
1: away. Just go away. <laughs> yeah.
0: Holy shit, man. That's awful. And so we are we haven't changed. You know, We are just like these people in Cable Guy that are glued to their TV watching this trial. And, and that hasn't changed, whether it be some cra- like, you know, for me, it's Twitter. I cannot get off of Twitter. I am always checking <laughs> Twitter yeah. and and I hate it. It's so toxic. It's so terrible. But every once in a while, there's this really cute thing that I just love and I have to share it with all my friends and I got to make sure that everyone sees it and I <laughs> knock on all my neighbor's doors and I say, hey, look at this tweet. This is amazing, right? Check this out. And so, um, you know, I am just as guilty as all the people at the end of this movie that is upset at their TV when when it goes out. I go, what the fuck, man? What am I supposed to do now? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> what am I supposed to do? I can't watch TV right now. This is terrible. I have all these services that I pay for, and I can't even watch them. And most of the time, I'm trying to find something to watch anyway. I'm not even picking something. I'm I literally know. just cycling through A to Z. <laughs> Everything that this platform has to offer, and it takes me a fucking year to pick something to watch. Just follow ne- of...
1: Netflix's top 10, they're always yeah, spot on. Pass <laughs> Law Abiding Citizen. <laughs> Citizen
0: 18 <laughs> times by now, yeah. So, I mean, I do think that there's something to be said about that, and that's in '96 before we even had you know this this on demand culture that we have right now. Before it was what's on TV, I got to watch all these commercials, the same commercials over and over and over again, and, and it's and it's terrible. I mean, why? Why am I interested in this trial? I have I don't have a horse in this race. It would be better to just read the Wikipedia when it's all said and done. You know? <laughs> yeah. Read the verdict in on on the paper in the paper or whatever. You know why am I sitting there listening to the same arguments over and over and over and over again? We're weird. Something about our our minds that just we gravitate to this sort of thing. Remember when when Amanda Knox was mm-hmm. uh, in that crazy um, Italian court dungeon type thing. I couldn't get enough of that. I was watching that at work every single day. I was like, man, that's a really intimidating looking courtroom. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I was so weird that I was as interested as I was in this trial. It's, it's so strange how that happens. And, um, I, I do think that there is something to be said. I think that, that this movie nails it, that, that we, as people are just get consumed in this media. And then here is Chip Douglas talking about how it's going to go even further. You know, right now we're just watching TV, but soon we'll be able to 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 play Mortal Kombat with our friends in Vietnam, and that's that is just absurd. And, and it happened; it's a true story. Right? It's a documentary shot in real time for crying out loud.
1: I think a big reason that people are so glued to their TVs for big, uh, big profile cases like that is to stay relevant, to stay in the conversation. And I mean, for me, you know, I I listen to podcasts like every day for my runs, for for waking up, for whatever. I get my news from a podcast and it's because it's the snippets that I kind of pretty much want to hear. But like the Kyle Rittenhouse trial, I'll refrain from posting or saying my comments because I I did pretty well on refraining from saying anything on Twitter or Facebook for that reason. But I want to be up to date. So if if someone is having a conversation, I know what's going on with it. And this is obviously before all of this. um, I'm sorry, we have social media now. But if I was watching the Menendez Brothers trial or OJ trial, you know, that kind of stuff. um, I I would definitely want to be in the loop. And uh, there is some obsession that we can have with it so mm-hmm. i i mean i don't know if ben stiller, stiller is necessarily saying like hey turn Here's off your tv book. and open up a book like <laughs> kyle gas you like that kyle right. gas cameo at the end yeah. but um i i don't know if that's necessarily what he was trying to go at it might just be his poignant way of ending it and being like meh whatever this is how right. we do it So it's I I do think, though, there can be a danger from people who don't know how to disassociate uh, fiction from from reality. And so that's where you have to be a little careful. Um, It's not as strong as you would think, though, because, you know, like Eminem said it, you know, um, a a kid (laughs) gets gets bullied and shoots up a school and they blame it on Marilyn. You know, that shit doesn't happen. And I I don't want to say in every situation, but. I think I think the factors can be can uh, they're they're a lot more immense than than what we're just looking at. We can't just singular we can't single single out just TV for that reason. Right. I when I was um I remember when I was working at Target,
0: I had a, a, so many of my team members were in this interesting like rehabilitation program where they were getting off of technology because and they were all like teenagers, you know, and they were in this, this program that would keep them off their cell phones, keep them from playing video games and being glued to their TV because they were obsessed with it. Wow. That was so fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to learn more, but I felt weird asking them about it. <laughs> it's like, yeah. you know, they clearly had an addiction and I didn't want to poke the bear as it were. Mm. But I, I was curious <laughs> as to learn more, but but I couldn't do it. But I mean, I think the cool thing about Cable Guy is how there are those scenes with the uh, the, the what is it? The Sweet Trial, the Stan and Sam Sweet or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, I think that's really funny. Like, I, I mean, I, I know it's terrible the the events that happened. Sure. The, yeah. But uh, you know, then there's a made for TV movie, right? I know with Eric Roberts, brother versus brother, or whatever. <laughs> it's so funny. I'm just like, holy shit! And and it's that happens, right? Yeah. Like, it's, yeah. it with the media, just 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 takes it and runs with it. And then there's people selling shirts in front of the courthouse and and everyone just gets obsessed with this sort of thing. And and, and it's it's not even absurd because it's real. This shit happens every single day. Exactly. So, so, Crazy. so
1: <laughs> Jim Carrey, right? He's one of the, the greatest comedic actors of all time. We quote his movies almost daily. Uh, I do at least. I quote Dumb and Dumber quite a bit. <laughs> do you have a favorite Jim Carrey performance? What about a least favorite? Oh
0: yeah, uh, I, I think Cable Guy is probably my favorite. Wow. Uh, oh really? yeah, fucking love it. Wow. Yeah. So I'm biased. So yeah, I absolutely I love everything about Jim Carrey in this movie. I Think he's so funny. Um, but I also like um, uh, Man on the Moon. I like that one a lot.
1: Andy Kaufman.
0: Yeah, I think that one's great. Uh, Dumb and Dumber, uh, same. But some of my my least favorites, though, like I, I am not into me, myself, and Irene. I fucking hate that movie. <laughs> I hate it so much.
1: I thought it was pretty funny. I don't, well, it's been I, a while since I've seen it. I can't, can't do it. He's like, what are you no. looking at, cocksucker? <laughs> He's just a little kid. <laughs> I, I do funny. like the part when
0: he gets cotton mouth, like when he hasn't had it like with yeah. the pills, and he just transforms. That's like my favorite part ever, but... Um, not into it. I'm not into him as Riddler uh in uh Batman Forever. Uh The Mask, I fucking hate the Mask. I think that movie is terrible. And uh Stanley Ipkiss is just on the bottom of my Ipkiss. list, man. Yeah. Um, but those those would probably be it. I do like I mean, I think Liar Liar is kind of a, a normal performance. You know, he has his like over the top moments in the courtroom and everything like that, and like the pen is blue and all that stuff. There is Jim Carrey <laughs> in it, but He's playing a normal human being. He's playing a smart person. And and that's kind of that was a little bit different, you know what I mean? He was he was a a successful uh attorney and then he he turns into Jim Carrey at moments, but I definitely liked um what he offered in liar liar.
1: Right. It's it's for me it's hard to beat dumb and dumber just because that movie is so fucking funny and I laugh every time I watch it. It's just I just can't get enough of it. Mm-hmm. But there, I mean, he, I think like later in his career, he's done some, some ones that are kind of, eh. um, I didn't see the sequel to Dumb and Dumber, but I don't need to, because I feel oh, like that's probably going to be pretty bad. It's I didn't terrible. like him in, uh, Burt Wonderstone with, uh, Steve Carell. That movie oh, was yeah, really yeah. weird. <laughs> that movie was that. really weird. Yeah. Um, I actually really liked him in the Truman show of all things. Surprisingly, I thought he was mm-hmm. great in that. That was, um, Pretty, pretty interesting, actually. But um, and then I liked him in Sonic, too. Uh, you know, it, it was nice to see him differently. But Eternal Sunshine is one of my favorite performances of his. But like, yeah, Dumb and Dumber, Eternal Sunshine. Yeah, the Truman Show was actually pretty, pretty good, surprisingly. But yeah, Dumb and Dumber is like Dumb probably the best, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, so. Dumb and Dumber is really good. But I mean, he's also, uh, you know, uh, what's his name? Yeah. Um, um drawn a blank. Jeff Daniels. You know, Jeff Daniels is equally funny in Dumb and Dumber. I think I think that it's their movie, not Jim Carrey's movie.
1: Right. Yeah. I agree. Jeff Daniels I, is but he's I mean, he's an everyman actor. That guy is just all over the board. He's Daniels awesome. Is great. <laughs> he's he's really <laughs> yeah. good. Yeah, he's yeah, really
0: good. I, I don't care if he's if he's if he's Harry from Dumb and Dumber or if he's like the head of NASA in The Martian. The dude is just
1: amazing at everything he does. So they strapped this bulletproof vest on me and gave me a gun. <laughs> what if yeah. they shot you in the face? Oh, yeah, what if man. they shot me in the face? That I really like. Um, what
0: was uh, uh, the newsroom? I like that show yeah. a lot. Yeah, I good. heard that
1: was good. I ne- I never watched it.
0: It's only two seasons. The second season is not as good. It goes it t- takes an
1: interesting turn, but the first season is amazing. Hmm. so let's go uh briefly back to the divisive nature because we kind of already talked about this but uh the divisive nature of the films how can how can we get up to that you know certified fresh rating because right now it's at a 50 but what is certified fresh 70 at least you need like a mm-hmm. c c minus how do we get up to that what's the formula to make this movie work and do you think ben stiller achieved he achieved it or he can achieve it and i want you to kind of look at movies like one hour photo with robin williams which was Really fucking creepy. I don't know if you've seen it. It's I saw, saw it. In theater. Really fucking creepy. Um, even Election has this kind of <laughs> darkness to it. I know Also ha- Matthew Broderick. Exactly. It has this darkness to it. And then like movies like Death to Smoochie also. That yeah, was just too. these dark black comedies that are just oh, like what does Ben Stiller need to do to, to get this higher on Certified Fresh? I, you know, I don't know the answer to that
0: uh, only because. It's at a weird, it's at a weird time where technology is stupid, you know, the, <laughs> yeah. like phones, VCRs, the TVs, uh, the clothing, everything about this mid 90s is really, it's going to be hard for people to relate to down the line. And this movie relies a lot on technology because that's what he is. He's like, you know, he's a tech, he's a techo, you know. He's like a, a technosexual, as it were, and uh, you know he's he's peddling this idea of the future, but he's at a bad time for it. You know what yeah. I mean? And so it's I think it's going to be really hard for future audiences to relate to it in a way because there's so much of it that's that's going to stand out and be bad. And so whereas some movies, you know, they get the cult classic and and this this cultural phenomenon, I think that this one just happens to be at a really weird time to where that's going to be really hard to do. Cause I mean, right. Jim Carrey isn't, um, it's hard to describe. I don't, I don't know what kids today think of Jim Carrey. I guess probably, if, if, if I thought that teenagers today still love Jim Carrey and thought he was amazing, uh, then great. Yeah. Maybe it has a chance. Like, Hey, if you like that, why don't you check this one out kind of thing. But, uh, I don't, I don't know until there's an Ace Ventura three. And we see box office numbers for that. I don't. Yeah. I don't know. I don't have an answer for you. But I do think that that cable guys just falls into the, one of those weird, uh, just pockets in time to where it's really hard to get an audience today to appreciate it. And not only that, just accessibility. This movie isn't available for people to watch.
1: Yeah, that was frustrating.
0: <laughs> I think it's available now, right? Like what we said. Well, I thought it was, but it's only it's on Stars. At specific times I thought it was going to be available once it aired but that's not the case I it, using Hulu and stars it wasn't available on demand it was only available as it was live on TV
1: what a pain I in the ass so lame yeah Jeez. so
0: I do think that accessibility is one of the biggest hurdles that it has uh, going for it I can see that and it is interesting uh, by the way that you mentioned uh, two Robin
1: Williams movies yeah uh, Death of Smoochie and one hour photo uh, one hour photo yeah I mean, even with like insomnia too, we, we saw Robin Williams, who was basically everyone's everyone's dad growing up, and we see him as this weird stalker, serial yeah. killer guy. You're you like, killing everybody shit. All the time? <laughs> so I, I, I think it's it's interesting though, and it's it's unfortunate that we relate to him being so funny. It's like, why isn't he being like, oh, oh, la, 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 oh I'm Robin Williams. Instead, he's like, I'm going to kill you. It, why do we have to be so... Uh, I don't know. Scared of that? Why do we have to be so um, turned off by it? And I, I, I think, like you're saying, though, it just the accessibility, the, the time, uh, our minds. We didn't, we didn't have films like this. I mean, people love murder podcasts right now, so I feel like one-hour photo would be great because then people would never go get fo- a film developed. I don't even think they do that anymore, anyways. But that's <laughs> you know enough. what I mean. Okay, so that's another.
0: It's yeah. a perfect example. Remember when there used to be like photo um things in parking lots where you could just go and <laughs> yeah, drop off your, that was your awesome. film yeah yeah. now everything is on on your phone you don't have yeah. to go get filmed i don't even know how you would get film developed anymore you know i don't even and you would take them in those little black tubes you know the negatives and say hey yeah turn this into paper please and uh that's not a thing you do anymore but i didn't realize this but one hour photo death to smoochie and insomnia all three came out in 2002
1: no way really? all
0: three of those films 2002
1: Wow, he must have been doing a lot of coke then. So that's uh, a <laughs>
0: that's a busy little bee. That's so very busy. Uh, Death to I didn't catch in theaters. I saw that late at night, um, on like HBO or something, and I thought it was so good. I enjoyed the hell out of wow. that movie. Uh, one hour photo. I remember being like kind of freaked out by it. I was like, man, this movie's also unsettling. You know, it's kind of. Yeah, crazy. I, I like don't like the stalker type of people. I've I had a stalker in my life once, and it was kind of it's kind of unsettling and it actually ended up as, as positive as it possibly could. You know, Uh, no one went to jail. No one got hurt, but it was definitely scary for me, but
1: I uh, will find you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, so I kind of think about that every once in a while when I'm, when I see a stalker situation on, on screen. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, but that, that was for, that's for any movie that was post the, the stalker incident. Whereas, cable guy happened before that happened and so i'm it's i'm not jaded I'm not, yeah it, it I, I was just gonna experience. ask that i was just gonna ask that <laughs> yeah. I'm like wait
1: but this is your this is your favorite performance i'm like he's, yeah. he's definitely a stalker so. 96
0: versus 1999 so post 1999 is when it gets a little interesting but i i kind of enjoy insomnia too you know that's yeah. that's one of the early works uh for one christopher nolan right and uh you know that's got some pretty big star power in it too with um Freaking Al Pacino. Al Pacino. Yeah.
1: Hillary Swank. Hilary Swank. Robin Williams. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, I, I, that's pretty much all I have to say about that, about the war mm-hmm. in Vietnam.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, honestly, I, I just think that as far as being certified fresh goes, I, I don't know if it could ever get there.
1: I agree with you. I think that's a really good point. The accessibility, how hard it was for us to find it, where I'm like, motherfucker. I ended yeah. up buying it for five bucks, but I'm just like, are you kidding me? So, yeah, yeah. I
0: don't know. It's like, how come I can't watch my favorite movie right now? What's the problem?
1: Exactly. Yeah. But I mean, we have all these things in the world to watch. We can watch Law Abiding Citizen over and over again, but we can't watch The Campbell Guy.
0: Maybe we should. Maybe we should. Just no.
1: to, oh, just to, God. To
0: validate Netflix on how
1: amazing it is. I couldn't stand the ending of that film. I'm like, are you kidding me? I was just like Spider-Man. <laughs> so, yeah. So stupid. But Ugh, whatever. My goodness. So my funny story about this film was that I purchased it using the Pepsi Mountain Dew points from the 20 ounce caps like I talked about. Um, and I was 10 and I had no clue why I wanted this. Now, I know your story about, uh, was it Brent maybe? Who got you the Radical Monster hoodie? Like that was awesome. It was practical and he got you... He spent his hard-earned uh, caps to get it. <laughs> yeah. Do you do you own anything that you've purchased or won through some sort of like contest or promotion that you'd use all the time? You know, I was struggling with this, and I don't
0: I don't have anything currently in my possession that I got in some really cool way. But when I was a kid, my mom was so awesome about mail-away toys and she would cut off the proofs of purchase and mail it to whomever. And then I would get like some sort of special, um, serpent figure from GI Joe or Cobra commander in his crazy hood and all that stuff. And, um, she was really, really good about mail away figures. And I, every once in a while, I just get this random package in the mail and it would be addressed to me. And I'm like, Oh my God. And I open it up and it be like this toy. It'd be like from Santa Claus in like April, you know what I mean? So I always thought that was so cool. Um, but no, I as an adult, I have never won anything even remotely amazing, except a size small shirt that I couldn't even wear. <laughs> <laughs> you fit it into your arm. Just yeah.
1: Wear it as an arm sleeve.
0: I, I am I am not a, a winner when it comes to contests, but um, our holiday raffles at work, I've won some really cool stuff. Like yeah. I'm sitting
1: in this cool gaming chair right now. Oh, that's awesome. Um,
0: you look so comfy. Yeah, it's pretty neat.
1: So... I definitely have. So I do bar trivia quite a bit and I've been doing it at a standing bar for the past like nine years. Anyhow, we've we've taken first place or top three quite a bit. And uh, a lot of the prizes are, you know, like gift cards to the bar or you get like a a hat or a beanie from a certain beer company or from the bar. So I have a lot of uh, the Targis merchandise, which is pretty cool. And I wear those all the time. They're great gym shirts. They're great like sleep shirts. Um, I have that kind of stuff. I have this awesome superpower where I can procure things for little to no cost. So, uh, like big shout out to the CEO of cutter and buck, Joel, um, my buddy Ty is friends with him and he's like, Hey, uh, Joel wants to send you some, some Mariners stuff from cutter and buck. I'm like, what really? And so I gave my address and he sent me this awesome, like zip up and uh, an awesome Mariners polo. And I'm like, Holy shit, these are so cool. So things like that are just really neat. And I always find this goes back to my Christmas present, uh, statement. I always find use for the items that I get and I'm, I'm happy as a clam. Uh, I have tumblers that I've received that I'm like, I don't even drink that much hot coffee, but I will use it. I will find a, a reason to use it and I will be very happy to have it. So I am a fan of, of that kind of stuff. Cool. Yeah. But anyways, to wrap up, that is pretty much all I have to say about uh, the cable guy. What are your final thoughts and what is your letter grade on this film?
0: Oh, man. Final thoughts are I love this movie. If you get a chance to watch it, if you haven't seen it in a long time, give it a go. It's a lot of fun. But I, I enjoy the music that's in this movie. I think it's fun, and uh, and uh, it's it's just creepy. I I like the I like that he is different. I like that Jim Carrey stepped out of his comfort zone. I think Matthew Broderick does a great job. I think Leslie Mann's awesome. I think that Owen Wilson for the five seconds that he's in this movie, he's such an asshole, but he's super funny. Uh, and Ben Stiller, I, honestly, I just I I think it's one of my favorite movies he's ever directed. I think. Um, Everything about this movie just, just screams Justin, and it's so funny. <laughs> and uh, I quote it all the goddamn time. Um, Jack Black for crying out loud when he says, "Just give me one hot minute." I said that <laughs> so much after I saw this movie. Just give me one hot minute, and um, yeah, it's a good one. Check very it out. Sub- I...
1: Subdued Jack Black in this one. Yeah, too. he's yeah. very very subdued.
0: And, <laughs> and, like it was like, yeah, maybe I'll call my cable guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's so funny oh my god the
1: hair plucks oh. the hair
0: plucks the hair, the hair, plucks. Plucks, hair plucks, yeah. <laughs> oh man when he's like uh the cable's out and he's like oh really cut cord. <laughs> yeah oh my
1: god it's so funny it's for dramatic effect
0: <laughs> he just throws it on the ground runs away it's so funny and the medieval times thing oh my god i mean i shared my medieval times story on yeah. some podcast but uh, it was
1: this movie that made me really want to go. <laughs> of course, Red Knight's going down.
0: Dun, dun, <laughs> yeah, down. the Blue night rules. Red Knight sucks the big one.
1: They didn't have utensils, but they had Pepsi, dude. <laughs> I got a lot of tables.
0: <laughs> yeah, dost thou have a tasty brew? <laughs> oh my God, love Thank
1: it. Thank you, fair wench.
0: So yeah, I give this movie an A. Uh, wow, it's it's so funny to me. I think it's Jim Carrey's best role ever, and uh I am. Tickled to death that we finally got to tackle this movie i uh there's not a whole lot of people that i know that really enjoy it so it's hard for me to find someone to talk about it with so i i am excited about this opportunity and i'm
1: glad that i got
0: to discuss this
1: motion picture show cool yeah it's a uh so it's a b minus for me uh i enjoyed it i just um I wasn't laughing as much. I was more laughing because I know that you and I have discussed it a lot. So I was laughing at those parts, and then just the things that I've said. Like my friend Matt and I were like, "I don't know." He was speaking some kind of language. I think it was <laughs> <Yeah>. Asian. <laughs> yeah. uh, the stupid shit that they say in this movie is is funny, and so um, I, I laughed at that stuff. You know, hey Rick, I never made a slam dunk before. Thanks for the boost. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the boost. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, I, I'd say a B minus for me. It, not my favorite of his performances, but. Overall, I'm fine. I'm happy to own it. I mean I'll I'll watch it again at a random time too. It's it's just one of those one of those films that it's, it's nice to put on. It's only an hour and like forty minutes, so it's a it's a quickie. I'm I'm cool with it for the most part. But yeah, man. Okay. Well that's all I have to say. Do you have anything else? Uh I don't. you I like when he says, you know, my brother's a speech therapist.
0: Yeah. So yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it does. It does. It, it's a lot to me. <laughs> Uh, uh, oh go.
0: my gosh yeah it's funny you know what the problem in real life is it's did you danger music.
1: <laughs> did you like the bob odenkirk cameo in it the yeah very young bob odenkirk he has like one line in the whole film very yeah. weird yeah odd to Good see him stuff. i was waiting until he would be wheeling and dealing with us after that but yeah cool well thank you for listening to the don't be crazy podcast remember to follow us on twitter at db at edgy and at zachdale 60 where you can share your thoughts with us and we will discuss them on our show you can even tell us what movie you think we should watch for our next episode also please go to apple podcast if you like the show go ahead and leave us a five star rating or spotify rating whatever because spotify now has a rating system If you don't like it, you can also leave a negative rating and let us know how we can improve. We are here to help. Um, Additionally, we also have... uh, Oh, I already said that. I'm sorry. Please also be sure to check out the Geek Legacy podcast with David, Randy, and Justin. Just please don't be crazy. Thank you for listening. Thank you so much.